Have you ever gone to an amusement park or maybe a water park or somewhere where you've had to wear a wristband or maybe you've had a stamp on the back of your hand and that was proof that a ticket had been purchased for you. Your mom or dad probably paid for your admission and then you wear that wristband or that stamp on your hand as a sign that surely you have been paid for. That's a sign of your ticket. It isn't actually the payment for your ticket. It's just a sign, proof that you're in. You get to be in the amusement park or in the water park or in whatever it is that you are part of. We're going to talk about a sign like that in our reading today. I'm so glad that you joined me on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. Well, our reading today is going to continue talking about this covenant between God and Abram. Are you getting the feeling that this covenant is pretty important? We've spent a lot of time on it so far in the book of Genesis, haven't we? Well, so far God has explained his covenant with Abram. He's told him and made promises to him. They've performed a ceremony, or rather God has performed a ceremony, Um, So he showed that he is the one who is making this covenant. It's not really a covenant where Abram has to do anything or uphold any end of the bargain. But there is one thing that Abraham does need to do, and we're going to see that today. He needs to have a sign that he is in the covenant. When my husband and I got married, we gave each other rings as a sign of our covenant. It's a It's a symbol. It's something I wear every day and I look at it and every time I look at it, I'm reminded that I'm married. I made a covenant with my husband and likewise, every time he looks at his wedding ring, he's reminded that he made a covenant with me. It's a sign of our covenant. We also saw a sign of a covenant in the story of Noah and the flood when God put a rainbow up in the sky. It was a sign of his covenant. So every time we look at a rainbow, we're reminded that God made this covenant with all of humanity, that he would never again flood the earth with a worldwide flood. And we're going to see a sign of the covenant today. It's something that's called circumcision. I think it's important to remember that the sign is not the same thing as the covenant. For example, My wedding ring, wearing a ring, isn't what makes me married. I can take off my ring and I'm still married. It's a sign. Likewise, just putting on a ring doesn't make me married. The ceremony and the commitments that we made before God and witnesses are what makes us married. In the Old Testament, only the males, only the boys and the men needed to be circumcised. And you might wonder about that. Were women not part of the covenant? They were part of the covenant too. But only the males were circumcised because they were the leaders, the heads of their families. So the women were always under the authority or the leadership of either their husband or their father. So only the males were circumcised. We're also going to see some name changes in our story today. And you might have been wondering about this because you might be a little bit familiar with some of these Old Testament stories. And the name Abram 
means exalted father. His name is going to be changed to Abraham, which means father of multitudes. Sarai's name is also going to be changed, and her name means princess, which is kind of pretty. Um, her new name also means princess, but I think there's something important about the fact that God is renaming them. Think back to Adam and Eve. Adam was instructed to name all of the animals. That was his role. He was supposed to have authority over the animals, and he demonstrated his authority by naming them. I have authority over my children, and I have authority to name them. Here, God is showing I have authority over you and over all of your children, and I'm showing that by renaming you. So when God is giving Abram and Sarai new names, it's kind of like he's saying, I have authority over you. I'm going to give you a new name. Now, if you remember last time, we left off with this story where Sarai and Abram had taken matters into their own hands. They had decided that they thought the only possible way to have a child was to bring this Egyptian slave, Hagar, to Abram and have a child through Hagar. And they gave birth to Ishmael. So Ishmael is the son of Abram and Hagar. But he's been raised up to this point by Abram. Abram was 86 years old at the end of our story last time. Now we're picking up and Abram is 99 years old. So this is 13 years later. Okay, here we go. We are going to start in Genesis chapter 17 verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abram, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you, throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. 
Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. When he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all those born in his house, or bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day, as God had said to him. Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael his son was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house, those born in the house and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Well, as we saw in our previous episode, Abram and Sarai had messed up big time by taking matters into their own hands. And as a result, there was all kinds of contempt and strife and dysfunction that had entered their family. But here we see that God has not given up on Abram. He appears to him again 13 years later and reviews what the covenant was and says, I'm still keeping my covenant to you. And he goes over some more details. We find out that kings and nations are going to come from Abraham. And the land promise still stands. And God will be, he says, I will be their God. I will be the God of your children, Abraham. And Abraham does have something he is supposed to do. But I think it's important to understand that Abraham isn't earning his right to be part of the covenant by this sign of circumcision. The ceremony, the promises had been made to Abraham before he was circumcised. And we learned in a previous chapter that Abraham had believed God and it had been counted to him as righteousness. And that was before Abraham had done anything. So this step of obedience to the Lord in circumcision and having this sign isn't what makes Abraham righteous before God and it isn't what makes him part of the covenant. It's a sign. It's an outward sign of the covenant and that's what it is. After all this talk about circumcision, we get to the point where God explains to Abraham how he is going to have a child and we find out that sure enough, Sarai, old grandma age Sarai, 
is going to be named Sarah now, and she herself is going to give birth to a son for Abraham. His name is going to be Isaac, which actually means he laughs. Why? Because Abraham had laughed, right? Which this is this is kind of an amazing thing. Abraham fell on his face and he laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? So Abraham Abraham laughed here, and I don't think it was that he doubted what God could do, but maybe just thought, Wow, this is this is such a a strange occurrence that such old people will have a child. And Abraham does bring Ishmael before the Lord and says, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. I think Abraham did love his son and care for his son Ishmael um, and thought Ishmael could be the one of the promise. But God makes it clear that it's not Ishmael. My promise, the blessings are going to go through Isaac. Now, it's not that Ishmael is just thrown in the garbage. God will bless him too because he is connected with Abraham, right? Um, In verse 20 it says, As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. Just because Ishmael was also Abraham's son, he is getting some blessing too, and he will be a great nation. In fact, Ishmael is considered the father of Islam, and many Arabs are descended from Ishmael. So there's still many, many, many descendants of Ishmael on the earth. But the covenant is going to go through Isaac. And what's the result this time? What does Abraham do after he finishes talking with God? He goes and he simply obeys the Lord and does what he had asked him to do. So what do we learn from this? One, God is faithful to his promises. He will do what he says that he will do. We don't need to doubt him. We simply need to obey him like Abraham did in this passage. He simply obeyed. We don't need to take matters into our own hands and try to solve things on our own. We can look to the Lord and trust that he will work all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And when he says he will do something in his word, we can trust that he surely will do it, even if it seems impossible to us, even if it seems as impossible as a 90-year-old woman having a baby. (laughs) All right, let's talk about our memory verse for this week. We've been working on Psalm 96, verses 6, 7, and 8. And in previous weeks, we memorized verses 1 through 5 as well. So I want to just read that whole chunk to you. See if you can remember and say it along with me. Psalm 96, verses 1 through 8. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts.
Well, I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows. I look forward to tomorrow when we'll find out more about this baby that Sarah is going to have. And we're going to find out some more things in the story of Lot. So stay tuned. We'll see you next time.